Hello, everybody. This is Ray Renati, and you've reached Green Room on Air. This is my podcast, and you are here. I hope you're a regular listener. If you are, you know that I've run a few uh, repeats the last couple of weeks, and that's because I've been working to make some some dough. I've been driving kids around, mostly special needs kids, to school and back because a lot of the schools are open again. Yikes. It was cool, though. It let me get my uh, my COVID shots, so I'm all vaccined up. I can just run wild through the streets with no mask, loving life. I think I'll do that right after this. I'm getting stir-crazy. I need my life back. I need theater back. I need to be able to audition for movies and TV and theater. But uh, it ain't happening yet. I did do something, though. I did something on Zoom the other day. We uh, have a company called Shots, and I have done quite a bit with them. It's an online sort of Saturday Night Live kind of sketch comedy stuff. It's a lot of fun. We had about 100 people watching live on the Zoom, but it's not the same. It's not the same as being on stage with real flesh and blood people there out in the audience to interact with and real flesh and blood people on the stage with you to interact with. But it's better than nothing, so who is to complain? Not me. Not me. I would never complain. I don't complain. Trying to uh, keep my wits about me, as I said. Trying. I watched the uh, part of the George Floyd uh, trial. Well, it's not really the George Floyd trial. I forget the cop's name who killed him, but that was sad. If that guy's not convicted, I'm only going to be a, an American system uh, in name, uh, American citizen in name only from now on. It'll just be a technicality because I. I think I may lose all faith in this country if that man is not convicted of murder. At least that man, and hopefully the others who helped him. We shall see. We shall see. God help us if they don't convict him. The streets will be ablaze, methinks. So you, uh, you're listening to this podcast, and guess what? It's a lot of fun, but I need people listening, so I want to tell you a few things. We have a website called Green Room on Air. Just go to greenroomonair.com, and you can see all my past episodes, or you can listen to them on any of your favorite plod-plasting platforms. Podcasting platforms? Uh, You can also go to rayrenati.com, which is where you'll find me and all my stuff. I got to update that website though. It needs some work. You know, I do websites for people and then I don't do my own very well. What the hell's with that? It's always like that, right? Anybody out there who's an entrepreneur, you know what I'm talking about? Um, so, uh, yeah, go there. And also, if you like this podcast, please tell your friends and give me a, a fair rating uh, anywhere, but especially on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, because that's where it's all happening. Give me a fair rating and a review if you can. I'd really appreciate that. 
Thank you so very, very, very much. Today, our guest is Pablo Rossil. He, uh, he has two albums coming out this month. I think uh, they're, all, they're all out now. Uh, Swinging with the Mouse. Swinging with the Mouse and Swinging with the Music of Broadway. It's really cool. Swinging with, swinging with the Mouse is actually Swinging with the Mouse Volume 2. And wait a minute. Now, that one's not out yet. That'll be out in a couple months. But Swinging with Broadway is, is out now. It's out now. It's really cool. He jazzifies these Broadway songs. And, uh, and Swinging with the Mouse is Disney-esque music in a jazz style with some really good musicians and Broadway singers. And I'll put the links so you can listen. We're going to have a... Uh, a sample of it here in the middle of this episode for you to listen to. So that'll be fun. His name is Pablo Rossil, and uh, his two new albums coming out, Swinging with the Mouse, Volume 2, and Swinging with the Music of Broadway. Great stuff. We had a lot of fun talking on the Zoom. He's down in Los Angeles. I had a friend once, his... Uh, sister's name was Maria de los de los Angeles. That was her middle name, de los Angeles, and his name was Bob. I kid you not. So his sister's name was Maria de los Angeles. Uh, what's his last name? I forget. It's a Mexican last name. I don't remember what it is. It's Spanish. Um, oh, her, Hernandez. Her, so her name was uh, Maria de los Angeles Hernandez. And his name was Bob Hernandez. What was parents thinking? Strange, huh? Strange stuff. Strange stuff. Okay. You know, um, I have been watching some TV. And let me just share a little bit of that with you. Uh, what I'm loving right now is this show, Master of None. Uh, it's on Netflix. I, I, I saw the first season, and I didn't know there was a second season. So I, uh, I started watching it, and uh, it's really good. It's created by uh, Aziz Ansari. And uh, his second season does things with television that if I had the wherewithal and the money and all that to produce TV, this is how I may do it. He really takes a lot of risks and experiments with each episode in all different ways. For instance, one of my favorite things that he does is uh, in one of the episodes, the third or fourth episode, I'd say a good third of the episode is from the point of view of a deaf woman. So all of a sudden there's no sound and it's just people doing sign language with a, a hilarious sign language because it's a comedy with subtitles. So that's the kind of thing he does. And then the first episode in season two uh, it was in black and white because it was in a small town in Italy and you kind of felt like you were watching The Bicycle Thief, the great uh, Italian 
masterpiece. So, yeah, he does a lot of really cool stuff like that. Aziz, I, I, I don't know why I'm not hearing more. I remember earlier in the year there was some bad press about him when people were getting hung out to dry for saying sexist things and stuff. I, th I think I remember something about that with him. I'm not going to even look it up because uh, I don't care. It's a damn good show, Master of None. Check it out. Um, now, another show that I just finished binge-watching, and I can't believe that I did because it's kind of really bad. The show is called Tell Me Your Secrets. It's available on Amazon Prime. You can stream it if you, uh, if you have Amazon Prime. It stars Lily Rabe, who does a really good job, her acting, and uh, Amy uh, Brenneman from the show Judging Amy. Oh, God. How do I explain this? If they had done it as a dark comedy, a la... Oh, uh, Breaking Bad or something like that. It, it might have been really good, but they took themselves really seriously. <laughs> and it turns into this hyper melodramatic trope of a show. And you keep waiting for it to get great. And at moments, it seems like it's going to. And then there's some like really bad dialogue or something. <laughs> You just go, oh, jeez, what am I watching this thing for? But I guess they knew what they were doing because I I watched the whole darned season in a few days. So, uh, you know, you know, I can't, who am I to talk? Who am I to talk? But if you get a chance, check it out. Let me know what you think. Send me an email at uh, greenroomonair at gmail.com or uh, rayrenati at gmail.com. Let me know. Let me know what you think. It's called uh, Tell Me Your Secrets. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, the movie I watched recently was uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. You should really check that out if you can. It's uh, it's really great work. Uh, it's starring uh, Viola Davis, of course. She's really good as Ma Rainey and the late great Chadwick Boseman. I'm not sure if I mentioned this in my last episode, but yeah, check it out. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which I believe is, uh, I believe it's on the, on the Netflix. Yeah. All right, folks. All right, folkies. That's enough for now. Let's, uh, let's go talk to our, to our guest, Pablo Rossell. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thanks for having me on, man. Nice to meet you, too. Your first album is called uh, Swinging with the Mouse. Swinging with the Mouse Volume 1, yeah. Yeah. And the swing, Swinging with the Mouse Band. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I was listening to it. You have your um, jazz and your jazz vocal and your jazz music. And it's uh, Disney, Disney songs. Yeah. So the, the Swinging with the Mouse is... Uh, it's my... my cute way of not saying disney <laughs> oh, okay. it's, not, it's not an official disney project yeah. but um people get the message you know yeah, um, yeah and the cool thing about it is that i'm fortunate enough to be in a circle where a lot of disney performers from the movies and broadway shows are um here in la 
and I've hosted a bunch of them as a producer at this venue. Um, so I've gotten to meet a lot of them and they were very gracious to give me their time and, and record some Disney songs. And I think that's the cool part about it. It's not just anybody singing Disney jazz. It's Disney artists singing Disney jazz. Yeah. I saw that you had some, uh, Pretty big names there. Now, I don't know them all. Pers- I don't know of their work, but I know that they're... Who were who some of the people that you had on there for singing? Right. So so um, I have uh, Garrett Clayton, who was in the Teen Beach movie series, uh, a big Disney Channel series. Um, I have Dee Dee Magno Hall, who was in the Mickey Mouse Club in the 80, uh, 90s, I believe. Um, Courtney Reed, who's the original Jasmine in Aladdin on Broadway. Uh, Emma Hunton, who's currently on a freeform show and has been on Disney projects before, and uh, Keith David, who is the voice of Dr. Facilier, the villain in Princess and the Frog. Great, yeah, good, and, and they're great, they're great singers. Credits. Yeah, yeah, among the, many other credits, and yeah, they're great vocalists. I was listening, very, very good stuff. James Monroe Englehart is a friend of mine from uh, oh, is he? Yeah, I, I've done. I've worked with him a few times here in the when he lived in the Bay Area. But. Are you in San, San Francisco? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a green screen. Is it really? Yeah, I shouldn't tell people that. I mean, that's, I'm spoiling it. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Everyone says that. Didn't it look great? I got it on Adobe stock images, but it's just a that's green great. screen behind me. Yeah. So, uh, what is your background? You uh, you're from Los Angeles area. You went to school down there? Oh, yes. I did. I, I got my bachelor's in musical theater. Um, I went to AMDA in, in L.A. They have a New York campus as well, but uh, L.A. was my place. <laughs> I was born and raised here. So what does that stand for, sir, for the people who don't know? Sure. The American Musical and Dramatic Academy. Um, and it has some pretty cool alumni. Um, Jason, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Jason Derulo, uh, I believe Christopher Jackson from uh, Hamilton went there. Uh, it has a bunch of cool uh, alumni that have come out of there. And you, I mean, you've done quite a bit of performing yourself. I have, yeah. I'm mostly, mostly in the LA area. I've done a lot of theater here. Uh, about five or six years ago, I started focusing on cabaret style and, and jazz style performances and that has taken that's gotten a lot of mileage out of me. <laughs> I've I've been fortunate to perform in a bunch of different venues around the country. Cabaret is is great because it's so uh, accessible to people who can sing. You know, you want to perform on Broadway, you got to like have friends and be, you know, uh have the most incredible audition of your life like four times right. in a row. But the great right. thing about cabaret is uh you can just go do it. Yeah, that's sort of that's sort of what uh, attracted me to doing it because Broadway and musical theater performance is very out. I mean, there's very good performances. I'm, I'm there are very good performances. I'm not gonna, you know, boo it, but um, but it's very outward and very waka waka, if you will. Whereas performing, <laughs> performing, yeah. oh, more like Fozzie Bear, but yeah, um. You're performing for an intimate group, usually for cabarets and concerts of that kind. So it seems a lot more real and grounded to me than performing for 2000 people. Um, You get to have a connection with a a higher percentage of the audience that way. So much of a different experience, isn't it? Because if you're in a giant venue like that, a lot of people don't realize 
with the lights uh, and all, usually depending on how it's set up, but usually you can't see past the, like the second row. Yeah. Even though, you know, there's 2000 <laughs> people out there. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the connection is more and more as time has progressed. I feel like it's the need has grown deeper for audience and artist connection just in history for, for performers. Uh, it seems as if we're in a place now where where that is the only way to do it or else it doesn't seem good. The stuff that is detached is usually like, oh, that's not that wasn't a good show or that wasn't a good production. But um, more than ever, I feel like connection is is important. But pre-COVID, I guess now it's even more important than that. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I think when hopefully we get back to having live performances all over, I think it's going to be very important. Um, now, I don't know what it's going to look like. I hope that they're going to be able to fill up the seats. But if they're not, uh, there's going to have to be a lot of connection just to put some life into the, into right. the performance. I mean, yeah, the, it's interesting because we're dealing with a bunch of things. Not only our necessity as performers or the audience's necessity for entertainment, but there's also legislation that stops us from doing things maybe because we're 50 people over the capacity limit or you know like in i don't know how it is in the bay area but in, in la theater isn't even on the reopening plan no same here live, live venues are not they're not it's oh, they have movie theaters they have museums they have everything else but theaters are not in the in the talks um which makes me really sad and considering that we just had a big win with that 15 billion dollar part of that bill passed in what's it december january yeah um for live arts and for venues um that was a win and it's sad to to see that we're still not <laughs> in the picture it is i mean people what most people don't put a lot of value on on live theater on the west coast um right not like in new york and in other cities out there right Although I have to say, San Francisco is a huge theater theater area, San Francisco Bay Area. There's like 350 theaters here. Right. I mean, you guys are also a, a pre-Broadway location, right? Yeah. Theater Works, uh, Berkeley Rep, ACT, especially Theater Works in Palo Alto here. Right. They've been the tryout and, and um, development company for quite a few Broadway and off-Broadway shows. And Memphis started here. Yeah, right. so, uh, and other and other shows, too. We have La Jolla tucked away a couple miles down, but... Yeah, but that's about Playhouse, it. yeah. Even, even, like, the respected Pasadena Playhouse doesn't send anything to Broadway. It's it's not that kind of town here. Right, yeah, yeah. And, in fact, Memphis went from Theater Works to La Jolla. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, you, because television and... and and film rain down there. Sure. There's not a lot of room for everything, I guess. And also I've heard that uh, a lot, sometimes performers, if they're in a show down there and they get a series or TV series or something, they'll just leave, you know, and they got someone that's to walk on with the script or, or whatever. Right. Now I can understand that. I mean, as we all know, theater doesn't pay very well, even if you're in the union. Right. And if you get a TV series or a pilot, you know, it might be your career making move. So how, you can't justify staying in the show. <laughs> right. No, yeah. that's, I mean, obviously that's a very, uh, the town doesn't support a career out here for, for theater. And that's in part why I was, I'm an LA baby. I tried New York for a year. It wasn't really for me as much as I love the city, 
but I can't, you can't really make a living out here on theater unless you're at the Amundsen yeah. <laughs> hawking tickets. Like there's no, there is no um, uh, life for performers out here. Maybe the top 5%, which are all, tr- you know, transplants from New York that are retiring into different cities. And that's usually the people that have a living, but uh, uh, it's not really, yeah, it's a, it's a filming town as, as you put it. Yeah. And it, it, it's the same here, even though this is more of a theater town. I mean, there, there's, I would say there are a handful of people who make a living and it's not a good one. Right. The the (laughs) one, the ones who do make a decent one are also involved in uh, production perhaps. Like if you're at a big theater company and you're the artistic director or you have some other position and you act and you direct, then, then that's a good, good deal. But, uh, but that has to be in one of the bigger companies because the other ones aren't going to be able to pay you any much anyway. So, right. You have to do it for the love. got to do it for the love. Let's take a little break and listen to one of the tunes from Pablo's album, Swingin' with the Music of Broadway, Volume 1. The tune is the classic, If I Loved You. It's sung by Brittany Johnson. Brittany Johnson made history as the first black woman to play Glinda at the musical Wicked. She sounds like a good uh, candidate for a chat on the green room. Okay, let's listen to Brittany sing If I Loved You. Hopefully. So how does it, how does it work with Spotify now and, and the other companies? So you'll, you'll have your new albums out. Uh, can, can you tell me this, tell us the names of them again? So people hear. Sure. So the, the name of the series is swinging with the music series, right? Um, when we would do this live, I'd have different themes swinging with the music of the Beatles, swinging with the music of Sarah Bareilles, swinging with the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber, you know, a bunch of, I could, it's a plug and play kind of series. Um, so the the shows the, the next album is called Swinging with the Music of Broadway, and that will obviously feature a bunch of Broadway performers singing Broadway songs. Um, and after that, Swinging with the Mouse, which is again my coy way of saying Disney, is <laughs> um, uh, you know a, a Disney album coming out later in the year. And how did you pick the songs? Do you do you know what songs are going to be on the new album yet? I I mean I do I know I've solidified the Broadway one because we're most done recording it um earlier today i was actually recording with a a tony winner um who i can't sh- i can't share who it is just yet when when does this air when do we air the week after next okay uh well i mean it's 
it's a, a Tony winner that that graciously um, agreed to to performing on the album, and the song choices come sometimes from the performer, but mostly I I try to vary it up. Uh, if you listen to the original Disney uh, Swing with the Mouse album, you'll notice that there are songs from the '90s, songs from the '60s, songs from Broadway, from the theme park. I I try to sort of re- represent whatever i'm honoring in our in our special way mm-hmm. as a whole um i'm i'm if i'm going to do broadway i'm not just going to do all android weber you know i'm i'm there is some some hamilton in there there is some rogers and hammerstein there is some sondheim so we mix it up it's i think the best way to put it and it's all jazzified Oh, swingy jazzified, yeah swingy swingy jazzified great <laughs> and you can't tell us who the tony winner is I can't. Okay, it's Marissa Jarrett Winoker who originated Tracy Turnblad. Oh, she's great. She's fantastic. I and saw her um, do that. Yeah. Oh, you saw her hairspray? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That that would have been great. I got into theater way too late. I got into theater like almost ten years ago, um, but it was too late in my life for me to have known that. Well, you're probably way younger than me, anyway. You're probably like kid. I I mean, what was it? Two thousand two. When was Hairspray? Yeah, like around there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I could have been at that age where you start getting curious about theater, but it was I was too late. <laughs> how did you How did you uh, fall in love with the theater? Assuming that you have. Um, I hate it. Why would you ask that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. No, I I started off as a trumpet major in in, in college, and. I was way into Glee. I don't know why I was into Glee. I mean, at the time it seemed right, but <laughs> looking back, Glee, the TV uh, show. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I was a little Gleek, as they called them. Yes. Um. So I went to audition for season two of the reality series in New York. It was called the Glee Project, and that's they pick people to be on the show. Um, and I went to audition, and it was my first time ever in New York. And I, I was like, I'm in town. I'll be here for a week. I'll watch as many shows as I can. I think I saw eight shows in six days or something like that. Um, and uh, the bug bit. I came back home. I was like, what school do I go to? How do I figure this out? I want to do that. Um, and I went to AMDA. I you know, did my rounds of theater here in L.A., and then I sort of found a middle ground between my old love and my new love. And that's sort of where I'm at today. Great. Great story. I mean, going to Broadway shows in New York, if, if you're of, of the ilk of loving that sort of performance, once you see that, it's just hard to get it out of your mind. Um, so magical. I mean, for me and probably for yeah. you. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not done. I feel like every single time I go to a show, I, I try to find the good. You know, I, I even if it's a show that a production that I don't agree with, um, I try to find the good, and um, I feel like ever since I got back from New York, of the good shows that I would go see, or the shows that I, uh, you know, my opinion is that they're good. Um, there are so many that just like bop me in the head to remind me this is it's a valid form of art. Theater is a, a, a fantastic form of art. The one that I mean, a couple that come to mind are like Scottsboro Boys, which I saw at the Amundsen, um, and Danny Burstein, and ju- I mean everybody in Follies, but Danny Burstein and Jane Howdyshell in Follies. I don't know if you were able to see that. Yes, I saw it. I saw it with Bernadette Peters and Jan uh, 
she mm. passed away. Oh, and Danny Brustein, unbelievable. Yeah. In the yeah, second that- act, when he's doing, what's the song with the, the fan? Uh, you know, that's, it's like a dream. Uh, his dancing. Oh, yeah, and, the Follies. Yeah, the, yeah the, right at the beginning of the yeah. second act. For, uh, yeah, I forget the name of it, but that was the amazing. Dreamland, yeah, yeah. The finale with the four, the four different acts, right? Yes, yes, yes. I think, yes. yeah. Yeah, he was great. I saw, I actually saw, I saw him, I saw the whole original cast, except for Bernadette. She didn't come to LA. Um, I had Victoria Clark, which, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, that was a great I, show. I stood behind her at the taco stand. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Oh, you stood behind <laughs> her at the taco stand? Yeah, there's a little taco stand right outside the oven. I'm not kidding. And she ordered her tacos, and I ordered my tacos, and we went about our way. And then that same night, I was like, oh, you were at the taco stand. And it, she was the lead of the show. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> was she really down to earth type of person? Yeah, she, I mean, she was very sweet. And, um, uh, you know, if you're of that caliber, I, I'd hope you you are because I'm sure she was bombarded, not just by me. Um, but she seems to be the, like the kind of person that welcomes. That well, I find I find that Broadway actors are usually really, really down to earth and nice. And yeah, I, they I think they don't usually walk around with that door. star thing. Right. The stage door really humbles a lot of people. And I think that uh, that fortunately we have that. Hopefully we still do after, you know, in the next couple months. But um that again connection the connection is very important and that's just the way to put a tie a bow on the evening yes so i have a similar story with jan maxwell oh Um, please yeah so uh i i saw follies and uh in new york and then i was having lunch at the five napkins i think sure friend of mine the burger place we were sitting outside and it was about uh, and it was about one 20 and i was telling my friend who had gone who had been in some shows without here she moved to new york i was telling her how awesome john jan maxwell was because she was in follow she was just amazing <laughs> and she i said was. The, she was just like 110 percent, you know and you could tell she was just tortured by their husband's affair and all and i was like and then i'm talking to her and here she comes like walking right at me <laughs> on on the yeah. street like and I'm talking, and then I looked up and I go, oh my God, there she is. And um, <laughs> she saw me, like Jan saw me do that and heard me and looked terrified, right? <laughs> she probably thought I was insane or something. And then I said, right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just I was just telling my friend how great you were in the show yesterday. <laughs> oh, thank you, and, uh, and then she rushed off because I realized the show was at two and it was like, you know, she had like... Uh, five minutes to get to this 30 minute call, you know? So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Grabbing a bite real quick. Yeah. yeah well, she, she, was reading, she was just back. walking down the ro- road trying to, it was just down oh, no. the next street down, you know, <laughs> he was just trying to get to the theater. <laughs> I thought she like bumped into you at a table or something. No, I that's, was eating and she was, because those, those tables are right on the sidewalk, you know, and she was walking at me and sure. I go, Oh my God, there she is. And, yeah. and she just like, yeah. looked like she was terrified. In <laughs> Deer in the headlights. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's funny that you had a similar experience. Um, well, you didn't scare her, but uh, you know, you met her. <laughs> who, who was it? Who was it? It was the Bernadette Peters part Vic, here. Victoria Clark. Oh, Victoria Clark. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, so the, these albums are coming out later this year uh, in the winter time. Is that right? Yeah, well, the, the Broadway one is coming out in March. Oh, uh, on a world Of all days, March 27th. Oh, great. Um, and the Disney, the sorry, Swing with the Mouse is coming out um, July, August. And, you know, okay. summer getting into fall. So we have into March and July, August. Great. And these will be uh, available on Spotify and for purchase and, and all of that? Yeah, they're available digitally at most stores that people use around the world. Um, and I, for this, for the Broadway album, we're going to print some vinyls, actually. Oh, wonderful. Some limited edition vinyls. Ah, and where can people, will people be able to get those on your website? Sure, yeah. The website's swinginmusic.com. Okay, I'll put a link in the notes, swinginmusic.com. Make sure that people can get there. And uh, I'm going to get the vinyl. I, I'm just setting up my my old record players here. And I'm really like, I want to get back. I have so many records. Sure. And yeah. I want, I'm tired of listening to crappy digital music. <laughs> it's the superior way. It truly is. Like that physical, even a CD. Give me a CD above a digital, you know, above above playing it off a computer it's uh, and i'm telling you unless you get the unless you buy the you know these collector cds that are recorded at super high resolution it's still not the sound is still not as good as on the vinyl except for the vinyl you got all the crackling and the dust and everything which i kind of like um but but the 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 quality uh most of the time is not up to speed the vinyl the sound quality right. i don't think yeah um, right yeah, but um, anyway, so that's going to be great. You're going to have a vinyl. You can have all kinds of artwork and stuff in there. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I could share this. Uh, people know him as, you know, Al Hirschfeld had his era in the uh, um, on Broadway as as an illustrator and artist. I have what I consider to be his the person that followed him, uh, Squigs, doing the artwork for um, for the album. Wow. And, yeah, he does. He does a lot of artwork for, for the you know for the shows that that become very publicly admired. Um, so hopefully that connects with or connects us to Broadway a little bit more. Yeah. Well, you've really uh, had some good connections with some great people. I, yeah. I, I was very fortunate to have a lot of friends connect me with their friends, or you know, me being a producer at this spot. Um, I've connected with some really cool people. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Pablo, uh, for speaking to me today. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Ray, as did I. All right. Thanks for making it this far, folks. I love y'all for making it all the way to the end. You're special. So special. Or like Mr. Rogers would say, you're so special. It's a beautiful day in the green room today. Thank you for coming so we could all play. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my green room neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please be my green room neighbor. Goodbye, neighbor. See you next time. And remember, love yourself and stay safe. And until next time, I will see you on the boards.